0: What is going on, everybody? This
1: is Get Real with Magic Mike and Big Nick. I am Big Nick. And I'm Magic Mike. We appreciate everybody coming in and listening again. Our podcast is off to a fast and furious start. It really is. This is episode
0: four. For those of you who have tuned in for the first
1: three, if you haven't seen the first three or heard them, go back. Can and you see a podcast, Nick?
0: If you close your eyes, you can
1: visualize. Oh well, it's like reading a book. It's like reading. People a book. always say the books better than the movies because they visualize the book. Yeah, you can visualize. You know that we look like actual Magic Mike. Uh, we?
0: Well, I mean, I already do. So wow, <laughs> you're terrible. <laughs> oh man, oh man, God! Before we got on here, we were talking about Mike's technical difficulties. Now he's going to get a new phone, and just don't see this ending well.
1: For yeah. everybody who knows, and and I have to say. You know, electronics and me are not on a first-name basis. It's your kryptonite. <laughs> I am. And what I figured out is it's is my magnetic personality that just shortwaves everything technological. It's a terrible thing. It's,
0: it's pretty bad. How
1: many times have you set up my printer in my office to work? <laughs> Nick, it won't print. I could press a button and it prints the first time. <laughs> well, that's not exactly it's like that. It's
0: very impressive, is it? So we're gonna we're gonna enlighten y'all on some sports facts today, and then some real estate, and then of course we always have story time with Magic Mike. That's always a fan favorite. So for sports, Mike, do you know who J.R. Smith is? J.R. Smith.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Am I supposed to know who J.R. J.R. Smith. He was in the he was in the NBA for sixteen years you know, I didn't follow the NBA a lot until the last couple of years. Since, so you've, was, been, since you've been in my life, Nick, I'm following <laughs> pro basketball a little bit more. You know, I used to think they were just all spoiled
0: thugs. So, and, he was in the NBA for 16 years. <laughs> scored over 12,000 points, a bunch of NBA championships. He's the guy that took his shirt off when the Cleveland Cavaliers won. He stood on top of the bus. I remember that. You remember that. I do. That's J.R. Smith.
1: Okay, good for him. You know what him. he's about to do?
0: I don't know. He just enrolled as a freshman at North Carolina A&T on the golf team. So he didn't go to college? He was set to go play for Carolina in 2004. God's country. <laughs> and then he went straight to the league instead of going to Carolina. So he never played a college sports. So and now he's going to play for North Carolina A&T's golf team as a freshman. And he is how old? He's been in the league 16 years. He went out of straight the Straight out. So he just came out of the NBA? Early 30s. Yeah. He just retired last year from the NBA. Early 30s. And I was reading a couple of things about him. He said this week he was really stressed because he had a, uh, an English assignment. He had to stand up and do a PowerPoint presentation about what's he going to do in the next 10 years of his life. <laughs> so that's what he'll be doing. He's going to go back and go for four years and get his degree and play golf. So where is he from? He's from North Carolina somewhere, I guess. I, you know, I don't know. I know he was going to go to North Carolina. And then he wanted to go to Historically Black College, which is an HBCU in college world. And NCA&T and is, and that's what he wanted to do. Now he's going to go play golf. The NCA approved him today to go play.
1: Why did they have to approve him? Because, because he, he was made a paid money. athlete. He made money
0: as a professional. But
1: that now it's a very, whole different sport. That is very interesting. So if nothing
0: else, North Carolina A&T's golf uniform should be paid for. Well, there you nothing go. Nothing else. They got that working for them. They got that working for them. <laughs> So a little side note on another thing of golf, Bryson DeChambeau.
1: I know him very well. Do you Not know what, personally. Do you know what he's doing? He plays golf. He's he probably just, tweaking his golf clubs because he's always tinkering with his clubs. He just entered into the
0: long drive competition on September 27th. Okay. The Remax? The, the one in Nevada, the big one. It's Remax. Yeah. So we have a guy in Wilson, Paul Howe, who's on the long drive competition. Yes. And he kills the ball. He does kill he the ball. He absolutely kills the ball. Yes. So Bryson DeChambeau's longest drive. Do you have any guesses? This ever? Year? Or this year. Oh, the, actually
1: ever. It's ever. You mean In competition. In competition. Well, I'm, I'm probably at 440, 450? 414. 414? Correct. Okay. You know what the longest long drive is? Ever? Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to count the ones with the Mercury Field golf balls, which they took off. On the long drive tour. In real? In real long drive competition.
0: 480. 474.
1: That's pretty good. I so six
0: yards. He's kind of off there. I mean, that's the longest ever. Okay. Well, it was Kyle Berkshire in 2017. Just saying. Okay. He doesn't stand a chance. Well, in his in his defense, he was up there trying to say that he wanted to prove that these guys are still athletes, even though all they do is hit the ball really far. But there's more than going into it than just hitting the ball really far. Of course, you got to keep it straight. You got to keep it in the lines. You got to be able putt, chip, not in a long drive. I know. I thought we were talking about the whole game of golf. Uh, no, which he's <laughs> been terrible at lately. So the Shambo. Yes, he'll be all right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: He'll be all right. And then, did you watch the game last night, with the Jaguars and the Saints?
1: Yes, it I was on TV. I, I think I was. Uh, would, would, it was Boys Night Out. So, yes, we always have the game on. So, we're excited about Monday Night Football. So, Urban Meyer has not released their starter yet
0: for game, for game one. So, it's between Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is that one with the, the handlebar mustache. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? No. No? no. He's an idiot. Oh. He's an idiot. Okay. Well, he got, he's probably not listening he got to this famous. podcast. He got famous because of the handlebar mustache. And he just does stupid stuff. Okay. But he's a decent quarterback. Anyway, so Urban Meyer hasn't released one yet. They play the Cowboys next week, their last post preseason game. So Trevor Cowboys Lawrence,
1: still have a football team?
0: I guess. I guess.
1: They're terrible for all y'all Cowboys fans. You know, out they, there, they think they're America's team. <laughs> America hates football. <laughs> no, you either love Dallas or you hate them. I've Man. never found pe- any people in the middle of the road. Well, it's kind of hard to like them. They're mm. terrible. i got some friends that are diehard Dallas fans. Well, they are not good friends. <laughs> That's a separate issue. <laughs> they
0: are absolutely terrible. <laughs> but that is it for my sports knowledge for the day.
1: Well, you realize in golf, they're in the, you know, they have playoffs in golf now. Correct. The FedEx Cup. Right. First place, $10 million.
0: Ten million dollars.
1: And in the final event is two million on top of that for the person who wins that tournament. So if the same guy won the tournament won the FedEx Cup, mm-hmm. twelve million bucks. Yeah, that'll keep the rain off your head for a little bit. That's exactly right.
0: That's um I could I could do that. I beat
1: you in golf. So have you? hmm Have you? One time. One time. That was one time. One time. I think I was sick. You got that old man game. Yeah, but I keep winning. I just don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand how I just keep winning. You know, if you live long enough since you're 29 years older than I am. you know, if I'm, I'm 29 n- years older? You're 29 years younger. There you go. Isn't that what I said? You said older. Oh, you look older. It's that dementia. Well, your body's a disaster, son. <laughs> <laughs> your best days are behind you. <laughs> anyway, I'm just
0: going on what women say, but go ahead. Anyway, so I've had a bunch of people ask me, you know, obviously we're in real estate. A bunch of people all the time come up and ask like, how do I acquire properties? I want some rental properties. I want passive income. How do I own multiple houses? So you own multiple houses. I do own multiple houses. So I feel like it's a good time for you to tell people how you did it. Did you have help? What'd you do to get them? Did you sell a kidney? What'd you do to get those multiple houses?
1: I did not sell a kidney. I, I don't know if there's a market for my kidneys, but um, definitely not mine. You know, I, I for anyone who knows me, I came from a single-parent household and the youngest of three children and uh, very blessed uh, to have a wonderful mother and uh, had great teachers people invested in me encouraged me and so when I went and got out into the world and started my business and we've talked about that before always had an interest in real estate we we grew up in a rental house the same house I lived in the same house from the time I was two years old mm-hmm until I was 20 years old. I think at one point we were paying $125, a month. I, well, we weren't paying, I wasn't paying anything, but <laughs> my mother was paying $125 a month rent. I think by the time we left, it might've been about 225.
0: Was it horse and buggy back then? Or-
1: it wasn't horse and buggy. We had a paved street right in front of the house. And, sure. you know, it was pretty good. I still ride by it occasionally. We, I refer to it as the old Eatman you take home place. By I haven't, we don't slow down. Don't we we don't slow I down. I don't because think I would fit in there. It's, it's tough. It's kind of a tough area. But, you know, I survived that. Um, people from this area refer to it as five points, and a lot of good people came out of five points. So, But as I started uh, in my world career, business career, and my affinity for real estate, of course, the first thing I wanted to do was, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to have a nice house for myself. You know, I grew up in a very modest home. Again, I'm thankful I had a home to grow up in, and so I started building my dream home when I was 23 years old, Mm -hmm. and contracted it out, and, um, you know, a lot of people know I started off in the phone book business. I've thought about that, and I was able to use a lot of my customers because, you know, they, back in the day, advertised in the yellow pages, and so I knew I wanted to get my windows and all my flooring and my lighting and my painting, and... You know, a lot of those people, they advertise, so they were they were business colleagues. And so it was nice I could support their business. They were supporting my business. So I moved into my dream home, April 15, 1990. I was um, negative five years old. Negative five. I was 24. Oof. And you know where I live today? The same house. I live in the same house. The 31 same house. years later, so a couple of remodels, but... You know, that's that's my home. I built it, I moved in it, and that's where I'm staying. So it's impressive. So after I got settled in my home, you know, and I had that, I'm like, I think I need some, you know, they call it passive income. You know what they call it, passive income? Because you're going to
0: pass your income to me.
1: Yeah, you're passing your income over to me. (laughs) If I own the property that you live in, you're going to have to pass me some money. So, And then I can take that money and do with that what I want to do have your Benjamins make baby Benjamins. That's right. You know, Mr. Wonderful Shark Tank says he wants to send his dollars out like soldiers for them to kill other soldiers and bring them back. So, so you know, real estate pretty much is the only thing you can own that someone else will pay for for you. It's very unique that way. It's also something you can borrow money against to acquire. You don't have to, but most people do they're building wealth. They leverage the bank's money to get it because someone else hopefully is going to pretty much make the payment for them. That's the theory. That's the theory. And then you you create a gap in what's called equity. That's how you build wealth. So as you're making payments down on the principal balance of the home you bought, this rental house, hopefully it's also going up in value from what you paid for. So as it's going up in value, what you owe on it's going down, Mm -hmm. you're creating a gap. That gap is called your equity. That equity translates into your wealth. So as you build your wealth, that's just a good thing. Well, a lot of people, one of the best investments they ever make in their life is their house. So my theory was I played Monopoly growing up. I love to play Monopoly. I bought everything I landed on if I had any money whatsoever.
0: Do you play where you have to go around the board one time to buy something? Or you can start No, you
1: right just start buying right out of the gate. Okay. As long as everybody plays by the same rules, I always think it's fair. If I play a game I don't like the rules, I'd say, let's just change the rules. We've never played Monopoly, but I'd beat you. Yeah, okay. Whatever. So, <laughs> <laughs> you say that about everything we're going to play, and then you lose it. Confidence. Everything we play. You can't go into a thing you're going to lose. Okay. So we're talking about real estate now. So I've decided early on that if one house was a great investment, two houses would be even greater and three houses would be greater and four and so on and so on. So the first house I bought as a rental house, Mm -hmm. I believe it was $62,000. My payment on that house was $481.55. <clears throat> I can still remember the coupon books. You used to get these little coupon books. Mm-hmm. You'd take it, a little perforated thing, take it out, right. write your check, mail it in, old school. So, But the $481.55 didn't include taxes and insurance. So you don't typically escrow on investment properties. You pay it separately. Most people on their primary residence, their primary loan on their home, that they live in, mm-hmm. they, they escrow those taxes and insurance. You make one payment, it's got everything. Right. But investment properties, I had a $481.55 payment. And then I had taxes that were about $70, I believe on that house, it might've been 70 bucks a month. And then my insurance on that house was probably about $25 a month. Okay, okay, so I was at 95, 481, 55. So, you know, I'm in about 580 bucks. So I rented that house for $625. So people are like, well, that's only $30 difference. Well, oh no, (laughs) oh no, we have to follow this, follow the little, you know, the rabbit, (laughs) follow the rabbit. So the $30 a month, uh, then people talk about, well, you need to have reserves in case something goes wrong. What if the heat and air goes out? What if you have a repair? What if the roof? Well, some things you have insurance for those things, but other things are normal maintenance items. If You have a changeover in tenant, you have to put some paint and carpet. Yeah, you need to put some money away. But the theory in real estate is, you know, when you make that $481.55 payment, you know, there's principal in that payment. Correct. So when I started talking about earlier that your principal balance goes down what every month, what you owe on the house goes down a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit you know, I know everybody wants to buy Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and they want to go buy a stock for a thousand dollars a day and be worth 500 million the next day.
0: That would be nice.
1: And that would be nice. Yeah. But you know, if everybody did that, nobody would be working. We already see what that's like when you give people money for nothing and <laughs> nobody shows up to work. Oh, okay. So that didn't work out. I'm not gonna get too political on that, but I've always thought nice and steady the course. Nice. I'm not gonna get rich overnight, but over time, Wealth has created more millionaires in the United States than any other common denominator. Real estate. So if it's tried and true, it's a proven way of building wealth, you might need to at least look at it for yourself. Now, some people, they don't like debt. They don't like debt. So I remember a buddy of mine came into my office, and so when I bought that first one, and I had this little coupon book, Mm -hmm. and I thought, well, if if one is good, two is better. So I bought another one another coupon book. I mean, I won't pay in cash for these houses. I'd put down a little bit of money to get my loan. Now, back in the day, Nick, do you know what interest rate I was paying on the investment property? 11%. Now I wasn't paying 11. I was paying 8. Mm, okay? Course. I was paying 8%, and I was glad to get it. I was glad to get 8% loans. Now, you know, people today, they think they're going to be 3% rates forever. Well, they're not going to be, mm. but they are today. But 8%, and and the math worked at 8% right on that investment property so i kept buying mm-hmm. and i kept buying and i bought some i go through phases and i buy some of this and this. and then i invested out in other things and stocks and other things but primarily i created what's on i call my own REIT and a REIT is r-e-i-t which is called a real estate investment trust you can actually buy into REITs through the stock market so just like you can buy oil stocks you can buy pharmaceutical stocks. You, you buy these industries. You can buy REITs, which you think, if real estate's gonna go up, I wanna be in these REITs. They could be commercial properties, they could be residential properties, apartment building complexes, uh, shopping centers, mm-hmm. whatever. But you're getting an incremental part of a big pot of people who are in with you. So you don't have to go buy your individual property, you just jump in. In my case, I was literally buying my own properties and put them in a basket. And then I bought another one and put it in there. It's like, it's like an Easter egg basket. I just keep putting eggs in there. It just kept growing and growing. So, and the theory is, guess what, Nick?
0: Hmm.
1: Month after month after month, turns into year after year after year. Right. And that principle keeps going down, down, mm. down, down. And guess what the other side does? Goes up. The in value it, of the it, house. It, of, so, do you know I still own that house today? The very first one. The very first one. It's a brick ranch, three bedrooms, two bath, got a little carport, a little fenced in backyard. It's a cool little house. And actually, one of my schoolmates grew up in that house. I didn't buy it from her family. Someone else had bought it and passed through a couple people. but. Um, but I remember she had lived there and you got it for sixty two. I got it for sixty two thousand I will go get a loan for sixty four tomorrow. Well, you are gonna let me make a sure profit of $2, sure $2, Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna be taking sixty four for it. So hold on. You know what else goes up over time Nick? The, the price of the house. What else goes up? The rent. Oh, yeah, the rent. Do you know what I rent the house for today? eleven hundred dollars well that's 995 I give them five dollars making it sound like it's not a thousand that they pay 995 a month I've had tenants on that house for as many as eight years some turned over a little more but um now guess what the house is worth the sixty two thousand dollar house where's that where's it at that's mm-hmm. in Quail Hollow in the city we live in you know the house one I would say it's probably in that range. Hmm. So, and of course, it brings in, we'll say $1,000 a month. That's $12,000 a year. Remember my initial investment of 62000 Correct. The 62000 now makes $12,000 a year, and I have to pay taxes and insurance out of that 12000 and I need a little maintenance that comes up. But, so I generate that. So let's say the insurance and taxes on that house are 1600 1700 bucks. So I'm making $10,400 a year on that one property. And that $62,000 investment, of which I borrowed, I think I borrowed, I think I put 5% down back then. So I think I borrowed 58000 So really, my little $4,000 investment, because mm-hmm. I used the bank's money. Right. You okay. Managed. My $4,000 investment, which would have been probably in, it was in the early 90s. That $4,000 investment now brings in $10,400 a year. And the 4000 if I want to cash the four out, is worth about 150000
0: That's pretty good.
1: That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And you know who bought the house for me? Who? The renters. Oh, right. I thought you meant to give you the 5000 down. No, I had my own 5000 I saved up my money. So,
0: what if someone doesn't have the 5000 down? So, right now... They I need to save it. Well... I, correct but I'm saying <laughs> if it's 20% down right yes now on a rental property because that's usually what it is right now 20 25% if you're buying like a, a rental property yes and they have money it's just in their
1: house they have equity in their primary residence let's say they bought it for 140 it's worth 200,000 so most equity lines work that they'll loan you they'll give you a, an equity line up to 80% of the value of the house and then you have to deduct how much you owe on your principal balance. So if you had a $200,000 valued house, Correct. 80% is 160. Let's say you owed 130. Maybe okay, 30 grand. They'll give you an equity line for 30,000. If you wanted to go and pull five, 10,000, 15, 20 off of that, use that, put that down. Now you'll have a little payment over here on your equity line. Just pay that off when you get your tax money back, make some bonuses, you know, whatever, chip away at that too. And then you can borrow the balance. And then hopefully the rent's going to be really close in the range. If you buy right, you got to buy the right properties. You right. Can't, can't buy sick properties. You can't just buy anything. Correct. You know, you have to have a formula of how much of a return do you do? What do you need this property to generate and rent every month to make it make sense to buy that? You know, people buy Bojangles, they, they own the buildings. Oftentimes these restaurants don't often own right. this real estate. An investor owns these pharmacies, these CVSs, Walgreens, you know, these auto parts stores, mm-hmm. Dollar Generals. Well, Dollar General don't own Dollar General buildings. They're popping up everywhere. They are everywhere. You never see them close.
0: I saw one the other day. It was right by side to each other, literally
1: right next to each Unbelievable. There was a Dollar General and a Dollar General. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And they were both busy. Well, you know, if you own a Dollar General building, well, that thing pays off like a broken slot machine. I mean, you just get that check every month. So, and the cool thing about it is if Dollar General's ever go out of business, ever relocated, you got a box building. It's a pretty square box. So, certainly somebody else could use that building. You would think. So, you got a great asset. So, if you just keep buying, you just keep buying, you keep buying, you don't get rich overnight. But over a period of 15 years, all mine got paid off. That's pretty positive. I think so. That's pretty good. I'm able to eat today. God has blessed me. That's good. But he gave me wisdom. I asked for wisdom. What the Bible says if you ask for wisdom, he'll give it to you. But I asked for discernment how to use the wisdom. It's kind of like a driver. If you got a driver in your golf bag, but you use your putter to tee off with, well, that just makes you stupid. After Sunday I should use <laughs> my putter to <laughs> tee off sure, with. For Goodness sure. For sure. So anyway, that that's a very, very investing real estate one oh one. It is not rocket science. Mm-mm. But, you know, people say, well, I want to go buy a property for 30000 and go put some paint and carpet in. I want to sell it for $2 million." Well, if you find that, let me know. I buy 20 of them. I'd like to buy several of them. You know, you know, in baseball, which, you know, I'm not a big baseball guy. You know, I'm You're not a, to baseball. Use
0: a baseball analogy. I'm
1: going to use a baseball guy. Oh, okay? You know the people who lead in home runs? You know what else they lead in? They lead in strikeouts. Oh, yeah, you got to. Because they swing for the fence. Yeah. But you know who makes more money in baseball? It's the guys who hit all those singles. Yeah, chips away at it. Yeah, they keep getting on base. And to get on base, you can get around and come across that plate and get a run. But, you know, everybody wants to hit the home run. Well, there's a more of a risk with a home run, usually. You know, you risk striking out. So you just got to understand what your risk tolerance is, what well, you can lay your head down on your pillow at night, knowing you got this debt, knowing you got that asset. Is the collateral for that debt do you feel good about it do you feel like it's hopefully going to be worth more tomorrow than it is today well then that's probably okay you need to go and move forward and of course we got a lot of clients that we help with that we do property management it's one of our divisions of our company we help our clients they pretty much say, so might just take care of it and mail us a check every month that's what we do
0: you can mail me a check every month if you want
1: yeah you got to earn it you got to do something <laughs> you got to bring something to the table with has a fork and an empty belly Nick my belly, never empty. sometimes you don't even bring a fork you just bring an empty belly and you stick your face right <laughs> into the plate <laughs> it's quite the it's quite the scene man well
0: you know that was that was good real estate and, and you know knowledge investment opportunities and people can find out because we get these questions all the time so but I think now it's 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 story time magic <laughs> I love
1: that song. I know you do. <laughs> You'd be a good Mr. Rogers when <laughs> you story time, so story time, story time. So we get a lot of feedback about our story times, and I see people and they bring up these stories. I get texts and. People are like, did that really happen? And,
0: and look, during the week, we'll be sitting at lunch or something, and Mike will pop up in his head and be like, ooh,
1: I'm going to write that one down. That's a good story time.
0: Yeah. He's probably got a list of 500 waiting for y'all. At least. At least. So some are better than others. <laughs> <laughs> but the one today is, is...
1: Well, this is by request. So this, this is
0: top-tier
1: story time, Well, and this, this comes with some voices. <laughs> and I would like to go ahead and, for my, also, uh, my listeners who may be... Uh, uh, fair of listening. There there I'm gonna have to repeat a phrase in the story that is not my phrase, uh, but it was what the gentleman said. So to give the give the story full validity and genuineness, I'm gonna tell it exactly the way it happened, so I'd ask you to excuse me for just the one phrase that comes out in the story, but it's it's a critical part of the story. It's very critical. Would you say? I would hundred percent say so. So I've got a friend of mine that's up in Greensboro. When he hears this, he's just going to die because it's his favorite story on the planet. I'm not going to call him out, but he loves it. So, Nick, you know, anybody who knows, you know, I've had several business ventures, multiple things going on at different times even right. to this day. Well, I don't know if you know this, but one of my business ventures that went on at one time was I had a franchise weight loss clinic business. Nothing I know you don't know anything about weight noth- loss.
0: <laughs> Nothing, so Nothing tastes as good as skinny feel. Nothing
1: tastes as good as skinny feel. That's what that. I it's used a to bumper say. Sticker. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, I had um, investors that would come and want to buy one of these franchises, and you know we'd have to go find them a location, a city, and they'd go in. So I think you know we got up to about twelve at one point, and then Finn Finn Redux, the Magic Shots came out, and all that stuff. I ended up selling them off. But this story was when we were kind of growing. We had four and five and six and. Had a friend of mine, she found herself needing a source of income. And she said, Mike, what about one in weight loss clinics? Could you teach me how to do that? And I said, yeah, I could. But you got, you know, got to find you a city to be a good place for one. So you got to scout this thing out, right? You got to find out what your competition is going to be like and the economy of that town and there's enough people and income levels and yada, yada. So sure enough, we found a city. And I thought, you know what? We need somebody there. We need to have one of those weight loss clinics in that city. That'd be a great place for you. She says, well, what do you need to do? I said, well, I've already got the demographics on it. i got a lot of information from Chamber of Commerce. And this was all before internet and all that stuff. Right. Click your button. You, had to do, you actually had to do work back then. You had to get in your car. All right, yeah, you all had right. to get in your car. and You had to drive. You had to talk to people face to face. You had to pull your phone out of the yeah, bag. Yeah, that, if you had a phone in the bag. So... We go over to the city, and I've got all this information. I'm jacked up. Man, I'm jacked up. I'm like, this lady, she can make some money. We're going to make a little money. We're we'll going to help some people lose some weight. It's a good thing. So we go over to the city, and I'm riding around. And, you know, the shopping center, strips, not centers, the, right. the strips. Right. Where you can pull right up to the door, walk in it. Yeah. You know, we got them now. Still do. And so I saw the center, and it looked, you know, it looked fairly new. And, you know, some centers you ride by, they look dumpy. Mm-hmm. You know, it looked not wild kept, all this. This place looked good. You with me? Right. So we pull up, and lo and behold, there's a storefront that's got a sign in the window where you can call and apparently lease one of the spaces. It looks like it's been occupied before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you see little stuff in there, right. a few little racks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So sure enough, it had a number on the window you could call, and a leasing company so I called the number and I got the guy on the phone who was in charge of this particular shopping strip and he asked, was I there? And I said, yes, and I had my friend with me, the lady who wanted to actually own one. And so she said, now, look, I can be there in about 20 minutes. Can you wait? I said, yeah, we'll wait, we're here, whatever. Well, lo and behold, here we got 20 minutes. What are we gonna do? We ain't gonna leave and come back. Right. So we're standing around, it's about twelve fifteen, 15, lunchtime. Right beside, Cause it's a strip right mm-hmm. business 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 business. Right. right beside this business is a pizza place well here we go we're looking at putting a weight loss clinic beside a pizza place it's like planet fitness i mean you know we're gonna <laughs> you know we're gonna he's gonna fatten them up and we're gonna thin them down and then we start the process all over again so anyway i said look i, I said my friend i said uh let's go over here to the pizza place and see maybe if this guy's here and find out about The traffic here, the location, does he like it? You know, he can give us some insight because he's experienced. He's invested his money. And let's see what's going on. So the name of the business was Frank's Pizza. (laughs) Frank's Pizza. Mm -hmm. So I go in, it's 1215. Remember, 1215, most people do what at 12 o'clock? Eat lunch. Have have a little lunch, right? Right. I go in there, there's one guy in there eating pizza. It's kind of sad. One guy sitting over there at the table. I mean, this is a sit-down restaurant. Right, right. Okay. And he's sitting over there eating his pizza all by his sad self. And so I walk up, and there's these three guys standing behind the counter. They each got on their little matching little golf shirt. They got on their little hat. I go up, and they're all staring straight at me. Okay? So I walk up, and the little guy in the middle, he says, can I help you? And I said, well, yeah. I said, I guess I'd like to speak to Frank if he's available. <laughs> so the guy in the middle, now three people are staring straight at me, but the guy in the middle is talking. He looks at me he said, so you want to speak to Frank? And I said, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, that's the name on the building. Is there a Frank? He said, you want to know if there's a Frank? I'm like, what am I, in the Twilight Zone here? I said, yeah. Is there a Frank? Dead silence. Finally, the guy to the right of my older gentleman, he said, I'm a Frank. I'm a Frank of a Frank of a pizza. What can I do for you? I said, well, Frank, if I may call you Frank. <laughs> And he, I said, My friend here and I, we're looking to open a business right beside you. And I was wondering if we could get a little information about your personal experience in this location. Right. He says, uh, Well, go over there and I'll pull up a chair, and I'm going to come and talk to you. And I said, Okay, that's very generous. He said, What are you drinking? And I said, well, we, we don't want to bother you for anything. He said, I said, what are you drinking? <laughs> and this guy was full-flooded Italian. I said, well, I guess I'll have an unsweetened tea and you'll have some water. So he says this, points us to go there and sit down. And that little guy's still sitting over there eating his little sad pizza all by himself. <laughs> so I go over there and here comes Frank. He comes over and he pulls the chair out. He props one, you know how you raise your leg yeah. up and put your knee on it. He's, <laughs> he's resting on that knee. The other foot's on the floor. And he said, um. What a kind of a business are you looking to open next to a of Pizza? And I said, well, Frank, this might kind of surprise you, but uh, we're looking at opening a weight loss business right beside you at your pizza place. He said, is that right? He said, well, there's a lot of fatter people. And I said, <laughs> well, yeah, there's people struggle with their weight, Frank. I said, but, you know. You know, you're doing your part over here with this <laughs> pasta and pizza and all that kind of stuff. I said, but, you know, there's some, some stuff they can have here, you know, on our plan. Right. I said, so, you know, we're not going to be polar opposites here. And he said, that's a fine. People need a helper to lose a weight. And I said, yeah, I think so. He said, um, so you're looking at the bacon of space on that stone? I said, well, yes, sir. He said, well, let me ask you a question. He said, have you talked to Bob? (laughs) I said, Bob, are you talking about Bob with the leasing company? He said, that's him. Have you talked to Bob? And I said, well, Frank, as a matter of fact, I have. I just talked to him. He's about 15 minutes away. He said, could we wait? We're waiting. We thought we'd come talk to you. And he's on the way. He's going to show us the place. He said, Well, let me tell you something about Bob. He said, Bob, he's a liner son of a bitch. <laughs> that's the part I warned y'all about at the beginning of story time. Well, my lady that was with me, she just kind of shakes a little bit, falls back in her chair. I mean, this guy's coming out as pretty big here. And I said, Well, Frank, that's kind of tough. I'm like, What in the world? He said, Well, Mike, I too, are like a lack of you was looking at a location for my business. And I, too, like you, stumbled across this location. It's a beautiful center, wouldn't you agree? I said, well, yeah, I do. That's why we're here. We got in. He said, well, there were signs on the windows to call if you want to lease a location. He said, so I, too, I called the Bob. I said, Okay. So he's been with him a while. He said, yeah, Bob's been with him a while. He's, a, he's an interesting guy. He said, Bob, come over to me. He asked me what do I want to open in this place. I told him a Frankenstein a pizza. He said, we love to have a Frankenstein pizza here. He said, you go and you put in. He said, you make a good pizza? He said, you put, I make the best pizza ever. He said, you're going to do so great here in this city. This city's great. This shopping center is state of the art. It's a wonderful, it's a got a great parking. He said, and you know what else it's got? It's got all of those medical offices, the hospital, all of the employees, all of the people who come in to visit the people, the people who go <laughs> to the doctor's offices. He said, These cars, you're going to have people going by here in droves. He said, The traffic is incredible. You're going to do awesome here, Frank is a piece. You need to sign of this lease. You need to sign of this a lease. You need to go get your equipment, your ovens, and all your stuff. Get your supplies and all your food. And you're going to make a lot of money here with your frankincense pizza. He said, the cars are going to be going by here. They're going to be going by here in thousands and thousands of cars a day. Frankincense pizza going to make a lot of money. You're going to be literally rolling in the dough. He said, you know, I like hearing that from my Bob. Because I want to make a lot of dough. I'm a willing to work for it," he said. So, I signed a lease with the Bob. I go in and spend fifty thousand dollars on ovens, equipment. I gotta decorate this place: tables, chairs, coolers, walk-in freezers. Fifty thousand dollars. Now, this has been many years ago. Okay, he said, and I opened up a Frank's of I said, and he said. And he said that this a 12 or 15. I got a one a stinking customer in here. <laughs> at that point, the sad guy eating a little pizza by himself. He just looked up. He just looked up at pizza <laughs> hanging out of his mouth over in the corner of the room. He's like, huh? What are you talking about, mate? He said, but you know, in a Bob's defense, I guess technically in a court of law, he could not be a convicted of a lie. I said, well, how do you figure that? How do you figure that, Frank? He said, well, Baba told me about all of the traffic and the cars that are going to buy. This a location, how great the traffic is. Well, technically, he was correct. He said, because they go right by Frank's pizza every day. They no stop at a Frankenstein pizza. They go right by. He <laughs> said, you can look out the window right now. The cars are going right by, but they're not in here. He said, I'm going to go bankrupt, <laughs> but maybe you'll do good in the weight loss business next door. Well, that, that whole event was very traumatizing for the lady that was with me. And she decided not to open a location in that city, but as it were, we drove about 40 minutes to another city. We did get a location there. She did it. She was very successful and great So, But that's uh, my... A Franka's a pizza story, and I, I have told that story so many it's times. It's funny every time. It's funny every time. again. I apologize for the colorful <laughs> language that a Franka uh, used in describing a Bob at the leasing company. Well, that's pretty good stuff. You know, life's too short, Nick. We got we got to laugh a little bit. Got to oh, laugh a little bit. That's your story time today, everybody.
0: Uh, it gets me every time.
1: <laughs> gets you every time. There you go. There oh, you go.
0: Man. We appreciate y'all joining in for episode four of Get Real with Magic, Mike and Big Nick. Um, as you know, every Wednesday we have a new episode coming out, so make sure you tune in when you got that windshield time or you're on the treadmill or cutting the grass or actually any time is a good time to listen to us.
1: Do you cut the grass? I'm about to do that after this. Oh wow. Mm. Thank you very much. Mm. Let's have a stable loan out there. (laughs) Walk on that thing.
0: Thank you all for listening.
1: Have a great week, everyone. Magic Mike.